Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to this Sunday edition of Heritage Bible Radio, where this week we started wading into Mark chapter 9. Jesus is alone now with the twelve disciples, and he's continuing to instruct them. And here in this passage, we encounter an incredible scene, the transfiguration of Jesus before three of the disciples who witnessed Jesus in his divine glory with an affirming audible word from God the Father right out of heaven. They got a glimpse of the kingdom to come, and their response was, they were terrified at the glory and power they had witnessed. Along with Jesus, they also saw Moses and Elijah talking with him. And the disciples asked Jesus afterwards, Why does Scripture say that Elijah is to come first? Jesus' answer doesn't elicit the response of, Oh, I get it now. So in this final portion of the sermon, Pastor Jim will help clarify. Here is the final installment of the sermon entitled, This is My Beloved Son. But I say to you that Elijah has indeed come, and they did to him whatever they wished, just as it is written of them. What? How does it fit together? Well, here's the way it works. Apparently, John the Baptist was the forerunner of the Messiah. Not apparently. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. He preached the right message. He was to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers. He was to, he was to bring Israel the one message that they, should, that they needed to repent for the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. That would have fulfilled that Old Testament prophecy if, big if, if the Jews had embraced Jesus as their Messiah. But they didn't. What did they do to John the Baptist? Ultimately, threw him in jail and then cut his head off. That's not very friendly. So, Jesus said this. It's it's over in Matthew. And again, Matthew, the gospel for the Jews, a lot more details about Old Testament prophecies and things like that. In Matthew 11.14, Jesus said this. And if you are willing to accept it, he himself, and check out, Context, context, context. The he is John the Baptist. If you are willing to accept it, he himself is Elijah who was to come. But would you notice, however, Jesus now says, in light of what has happened, John the Baptist being killed for one thing, Elijah does come first and restore all things. Israel wasn't restored. Israel was rejecting their spiritual leaders had said, this guy's doing everything he does by the power of Satan. So Elijah does come first, but it's going to happen, have to happen before the second coming, before the glorious coming. Probably it is fulfilled in the two witnesses of Revelation chapter 11. 
You that just studied Revelation with us, you can whip out your notes and see we talked about that a little bit. One of the possibilities is that one of those two is Elijah, or perhaps the two together uh, fulfill the, the prediction of Elijah. That's a fascinating story for another day. But what he's saying is this, just as Israel blew it in regard to, this, to the Messiah and the kingdom by rejecting Jesus as the Savior, they also blew off John the Baptist, ultimately being the fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy. So the key statement here in all of this, if you're asking the question, how does it fit together, go back to what God the Father said on that mountain. This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Context, context, context. He just started telling you that He has to die and rise again. That's all part of the plan. So I want you, before we walk out of here today, to see that the pieces fit together. Look what has been said in the last couple of chapters. There was a reminder of the rejection of Jesus by the Pharisees and Sadducees. There is this gracious outreach to the Gentiles. Jesus takes His twelve and the others who would follow Him all the way over to Tyre and then Sidon and then over across into the Decapolis region. He does spectacular things among the Gentiles as well. So there's a part that fits together. Um, God's going to keep His promises to the Jews, but He's also going to bring countless Gentiles to the Savior. Then there's Peter's great confession of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. They got to the point of putting it all together. This is who you are, and we know it, and we believe it, and we're standing on it. And then comes the first prediction from Jesus' lips of His own death and resurrection, at least in plain language. He'd alluded to it before, like the sign of Jonah and destroy this temple and I'll raise it up and all that. But clear-cut prediction of His death and resurrection. Then is His call to full-blown discipleship. What are you supposed to do in the meantime? Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Then there's this prediction of the second coming and the kingdom on earth. And then there's this sneak preview of what He's going to be like when He comes in in glory to, uh, to bring the kingdom. And there the Father says, listen to Him. Listen to Him. Then there's the affirmation of John the Baptist as the forerunner and the, and the promise of the, the true fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy in the future. And then you've got Moses showing up, tying in Everything to do with the Mosaic Covenant with Jesus. All those nitpicky, wear you out in boredom details about all the sacrifices that all teaches you about the holiness of God, something that you can't achieve. It teaches you that you can't possibly be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So you need a Savior. It all comes together. Everything about the law is fulfilled in Christ. Then there's the appearance of Elijah affirming Jesus' prediction about His death and resurrection with all the writings of the prophets. So you understand, every bit of new revelation from Jesus 
was inextricably tied to the Old Testament revelation about Messiah. Peter's the one who wrote about that distinction between first and second coming. It's first Peter chapter one, I think verses ten through twelve, putting together the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories to follow. It all fits together. And when Peter reflects back on the transfiguration and he makes that connection of the Old Testament scriptures to the New Testament revelation of, of Jesus Christ and the promise of the second coming and the, and the certainty of all the scriptures, he's telling you this is one plan designed by God from the beginning. It all fits together. God has never gone to plan B because He is fully sovereign and He designed the plan. My friends, this little time there in Caesarea Philippi, if you will, you could say is the hub of your Bible. All the spokes connect to what's said and done here. This is the grand central station of the redemption of mankind. All the promises come through Jesus and lead to all the fulfillment. This is the interchange where every freeway of every doctrine intersects with all of the others. And do you understand, none of this matters one scintilla to you unless you are willing to cry out with Peter and the rest, you are the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the Savior. You're the Son of God. You're God the Son. You're God in human flesh. And I will deny myself. You are infinitely more important than me. My, all my wants and needs are in your hands. You know what I need before I ask. I will deny myself. I'll take up my cross. Even if I live in Idaho in the early 21st century where there hasn't been a martyr for the faith, I'm willing to, if that's what it means. And my friends, it's, it's headed our way. I don't know when, but it's definitely headed our way. I will deny myself, take up my cross daily, and follow Jesus. God is calling you today. He is saying in every way that He's described it, from the communion table to the prophecies of the suffering Savior to the prophecies of the, of the glorious King to the words of Jesus, He's saying, Come to me, all who are weary, tired of trying to be good enough, weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest for your souls. He's saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Heavenly Father, that's why we came today, to listen to the son. We do want to follow. We do thank you for redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for your grace in which we stand. Please, Lord. As we watch our world around us seemingly accelerating down the paths of debauchery, we know we have the only way of escape in the gospel. Put it on our lips and send us to speak the truth in love, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.